Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host. And I have an incredibly special guest on today. Y'all are going to love this woman's story. I have the one and only Kelly Davis on. Please stay with us. And by the way, go ahead and share this out. You're going to want to, I promise you. Let me go ahead and bring Kelly on. Kelly, welcome to the show. Ken, good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you so much for this amazing opportunity. I am excited that you're here. Um, you know, we met on Clubhouse. Yes, a couple weeks and, ago. Yeah, yeah. And I heard your um, story and you told a story and I was banging my head against the wall this morning, trying to remember what the video was you said to go watch. It was for the little boy. Okay, I, I've told a couple of stories. So it could be Oxygen to Fly, which is about um, a kid named Isaiah who was born without an air passage or a no. jaw and didn't have oxygen. Okay, then I told a story about Maverick Shooty and if you Google Big Poppy and Maverick, yep. you'll be able to watch a nine-minute documentary that the Major League Baseball Network produced because they were on the plane with us. It was <laughs> a tearjerker. It was absolutely amazing. I watched it. I looked it up. I literally, when I was on Clubhouse with you that night, I typed it into YouTube and I, I watched it later. I mean, oh my goodness. Y'all got to watch it. It's a, It's amazing. It is absolutely amazing. So um, we're going to get into how that all came about, but let's start with, I like to always start with where, you know, kind of giving everybody uh, the the rundown on where you were born and raised. Sure. Um, I was born in a town. Well, actually I was born in Murray, Utah, but grew up in Afton, Wyoming, less than 2000 people. And I spent all of my childhood there until I moved to Utah to go to college. And so it was a very interesting um, experience growing up in that small town, but I definitely appreciate it now as I travel the country and the world and just realize how beautiful that tiny spot of the country is. I love Wyoming. It's so beautiful. Well, and I would say most of Wyoming is forgettable, except a little tiny corner, like by Jackson Hole, which is like where I grew up, an hour outside of Jackson Hole. That is a must. Yellowstone, a must. But yeah, there's some unforgettable parts of Wyoming for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. So, so you, um, you, and you ended up going to. You said you went to college. Yes, I. You know, I had a really interesting experience, Ken. So when I was a little girl, it was my dream to work in the NFL, and so I went to BYU. And while I was there, I was the assistant sports information director, and I found myself in Denver, Colorado, at a conference interviewing to be an assistant sports information director with different colleges. I'd been told no twice to work for the Denver Broncos for an internship. So I'm in my hotel room that day, and I look on the coffee table and there's a Denver Broncos mouse pad and I get this idea I'm going to call the Broncos up so I get the yellow pages out back then this is during the 1990 
five football season. And I find the director of communications. I get him on the phone and he says, what can I do for you? And I said, I just want five minutes of your time. And he's like, I don't have it. I said, I want five minutes. So he says, yes, I get a taxi, go over to the facility. He greets me. We walk upstairs and he goes, what can I do for you, Miss Davis? And I said, I want to know what I need to do to work for this football club. And he walked out of the office and he brought in my boss, Bill Harpel, and they said, I got the job. And I was able to live my childhood dream right out of college. And it was oh such a crazy experience. And so for me, whenever you get a no, it's just a not yet, not yet, not yet, not yet. But for me to have that dream come true right out of college, it has opened my world to dreaming in the biggest way possible because I know anything is possible. I, I'd see this. This is why I wanted you on the show. Your energy is amazing. So, so, and I love the fact that you did not take no as an answer. Uh, too many people take no and give up. Oh, in my day job. So I work with celebrities to raise money for 170 children's hospitals across the country. It takes me at least 20 no's to get one. Yes. And I just know it. It's a numbers game. And when you know the game, you can easily play it. And you can have success playing it because there is a system set up. But I believe that, I mean, if, if a celebrity says no to me now, I'm going to keep going back to them till they say yes. Today, I got a yes from Jack Black for an event that we're doing next month. And I am so excited because I didn't get yeses from Jack Black in the beginning while I was building a relationship. But I got the yes today. And I'm wow. really excited about what we're going to do to raise money for children's hospitals through that yes. That's amazing. Absolutely amazing. And, and what you're doing, so... I mean, we're, we're, again, I want to get into that in a little bit. I want to kind of go back to um, childhood, kind of. Yes. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I, I want to, I, I just, because here's what I think. I think that this is a theory of mine. I think that there's always a person or an event, maybe a group um, mm -hmm. that kind of pushes us in the direction of what we become as adults. Yes. Is there something that comes to mind for you? Absolutely. So Ken, when I was growing up, I suffered with really bad back pain. And when I was probably 13, it started impacting me to the point where I couldn't carry my books to class. And wow. I was in a lot of pain. And finally, the summer before my junior year of high school, or before my senior year of high school, I had back surgery and they took bone off my hip and wired oh. it in my cracks. And I was down like probably a year recovering from that surgery because this was 1991. And so what that did for me, Ken, is I had to give up all of my sports dreams. I played basketball, volleyball, track, and I had to focus more on my um, like academics and student government. And by doing that, I was able to get into BYU because I had a 3.5 grade point, 21 on my ACT. There's no way I would have gotten to that college except I had that student government experience that I never would have had unless I had gone through all of that back pain, back surgery, and it just reshaped me. And so by doing that, I was able to go to BYU and then I was able to get my dream job, but that never would have happened had I not gone through all of that physical pain with my back. And so I'm so grateful for that because in my current day job, like I have such a compassion for the 10 million kids that we treat at our children's hospital because I had years and years and years and years and years of, of pain. And so I think that's really why 
I have a huge heart for creating miracles in the lives of sick kids because I have my own personal story. My nephew, well, it's interesting, Ken, I started working at Children's Miracle Network Hospitals 25 years ago. And 25 years ago, my nephew was born with tuberous sclerosis. He's severely autistic. He doesn't have any language. He's not potty trained. It's 24 seven care for my sister. She has three other children and I've watched what that's done for her and her family and how much it impacts the family. And so for me, I can help one child suffer less because of like my own personal journey with anxiety, depression, body dysmorphic disorder, suicidal thoughts, like that's there with me every day to this day. But I have these kids that choose to be brave, they choose to be positive, they choose to show up, and they teach me how to do the same. And I'm so grateful that they are miracles in my life through my journey with my mental health challenges. Wow. I just got full body chills. <laughs> so, so, wow. I don't know if I told you, my, my wife's brother was diagnosed with leukemia at six mm -hmm. years old. And, and she was 11. And so she ended up doing a bone marrow transplant for him. She was his donor at 11 years old and he was six. Um, but they spent a lot of time in children's hospital yeah. and, and the memories that she has, because they, they did something. I don't know if it was, um, I don't know what it was, but they, that he got a special day with the, I don't know if it was a celebrity. I don't know if she, she may be watching. I'm not sure, but, um, it really makes a huge impact on those, those kids. It makes a huge impact. Yeah. And I think for me, like why it's particularly, um, really important to me is, you know, I, I was raised a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and Another nickname for that is Mormons and family is everything in yeah. this faith. And I'm 47. I've never been married. I don't have any children. And it's really interesting because God had a much bigger dream for me than I had for myself. I always wanted four kids and now I have hundreds. And so these kids feel like my own kids. And wow. I'm so blessed that I can be in a position to be able to, to serve them. Like, because they are my family. They are my why. They are the reason I get up every day. How can we raise money for these children's hospitals so they can get the best care possible as what happened in your family? If that local children's hospital wasn't there, it, it's, you don't want to know what the outcome would be. Yeah, the outcomes are, are not good. And, and, you know, I think that, um, so what, so you were, but you went to the NFL, you worked for the Denver Broncos, ironically. Okay. So today I'm a Steelers fan and I have been since uh, I was, that was my boyfriend. It's so annoying, but I will say I'm good friends with Franco Harris and he is one of the nicest guys on the planet. The matter if you're not familiar, if you need to watch that play, it's one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. But I do want to share just a really crazy story with the Denver Broncos. So this is 1995. I go to my first football game and I mean, I'm diehard when I was growing up, I would be sad if they lost and I would journal about it and I wouldn't be happy again until they won. Like oh. this is in my childhood journals. So, I mean, I was a fanatic. My bumper stickers in college were Denver Broncos on both sides. And anyway, it was out of hand. So I'm at my first football game. I'm in the press box. You can't cheer in the press box. John Elway throws this bomb to Rod Smith. I have goosebumps up my entire body. And I'm like, I cannot believe I am being paid in this moment to watch a Denver Broncos game. Oh, so my gosh. That's the season. So the season goes on. 
We don't have the best of season. It's Mike Shanahan's first coaching year. And after the season, I was the assistant to the director of operations. I was the press box coordinator at the home football games. I am a person that has to be busy, has to be doing things. I'm like, what am I going to do during this off season? Because it's, it's just so slow. So one night I was very prayerful and I was talking to God and I'm like, God, I think I, I want to go back to Utah, be closer to my family. And I want a job where, you know, I can make an impact because I mean, I was helping people watch a football game, which is a little different than helping save kids lives. The next day I got a phone call from a gentleman named Roger Cook at Children's Miracle Network Hospitals. And he offered to fly me out to Salt Lake City to do wow. a job interview and leaving the NFL, which was my dream job to go to this small office in Holiday, Utah, was the best decision of my entire life. Wow. And I remember at the time thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to leave this prestigious like organization. It's my dream to go to this office and like, yeah, they help kids, but like, is this the best choice? I'm telling you, Ken, like, I'm so glad that I paid attention to my inner knowing that this was the right choice for me at that time, because life is always speaking to us. Are we paying attention? Are we listening? And thankfully I was listening at that time. And I've, I've just, the last 25 years have been so incredible because of that one choice. So it's, it's, and Joachim is joining us from hell in Norway. It's literally, that's literally the name of. <laughs> Howdy. Howdy Joachim. So, I never, wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. So, so it's day one and day one at the, children's miracle network and uh, in, in your new position and what was your title when you started oh i was just a coordinator i was a coordinator for like communications but i have to tell you ken that first year we started a program where we took one child from every state to go to the white house to meet with the president and then on to disney world so just that wow. program alone changed my life i'm still friends with kids that I met in 1996. And I'd love to share one of those kids stories because you might know him if, if you don't mind. I, I would love, love, love. So, but before you do that, so you yeah. met, you met the president. Yes. I've met. Yes. I mean, we were there. We started with Clinton administration and then Bush and then Obama. I have a picture of me shaking Obama's hands because he would literally let all of the kids come on the lawn of the white house or we'd go in the East room of the white house. But yeah, it's, it was a, an event that we did for over 20 years. Yes. And it's so cool because Delta was a partner of us and we charter a Delta um, flight and these kids would be on this plane and they'd have ice cream Sundays and mac and cheese and then fly to Disney world. And uh, it was so incredible. Like I have so many amazing memories, but more than anything, I have friendships with these children that will last a lifetime. I'm so grateful for that. So tell tell the story that you were going to tell. I can't wait to hear it. I'm sure you have thousands. Okay, well, um, I do have a lot. And what my first book is, um, The Miracle of Maverick, which is the story that I'd love to share at some point on this podcast today. But so in 1996, I met this little boy named Josh Sunquist, and he had his leg amputated at the hip. He had Ewing sarcoma. He was given a 50% chance of survival. And I remember being so impressed with this kid and wondering, what is he going to do when he grows up? Well, fast forward 25 years. Today, Josh is a very famous YouTuber, 
comedian, best-selling author, and I have to tell you the story. He always wanted to compete in the Paralympic Games, and he was talking to a ski coach, and his ski coach gave him a one in a million chance of making the Paralympic team. Wow. And John didn't want to have a regret of not knowing if he could be that one in a million. And he tried out and he made it and he competed in the 2006 Torino Paralympic Games. Oh and you might God. know Josh because he's very famous for his one-legged Halloween costumes. So just type in Josh Sunquist and you will just see um, just how amazing he is. He's a motivational speaker and he's, he's killing it. And I'm just so grateful that I've been able to watch him inspire and change the world. And that's what's possible when people break through their wall they turn their pain into their purpose and they make their mess their message and i watch these kids do it over and over and over and over again and i i just i feel so beyond blessed there's my wife there's my wife you're gonna okay you're not gonna make me cry just so you know oh well i'm gonna try <laughs> you're not no i'm gonna try <laughs> <laughs> 350 interviews i've not cried yet but oh. you're, you you're 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 pulling on and on. i can feel it you're amazing so so kelly you you so you get into the the children's miracle network you leave the nfl like <laughs> like nobody leaves the nfl that's like the mafia um, right. Like you stay, but you, you, you get into the children's miracle network. Did you feel, did you feel like all of a sudden, like I, this is it. Did you feel a spark? Like, this is what I'm meant to do. This is it. Yes. Um, I can't even tell you the kids that I met that first year when we went to Washington, DC and and meeting them and some of them didn't have arms or legs or their amputations or just all these physical ailments. And I'm like, how do you get to be so lucky? Like you get to know these kids, like they get to be a part of your life. How come you get to be that lucky? So yes, I felt like, yes, I am at the right place doing the right thing at the right time. And you know, the NFL, I watch it on TV now. In fact, can, I've been to all three Super Bowls that the Broncos have won. In Super Bowl 50, Steve Young and his wife invited me to go with him to the game, and I got to sit in the Super Bowl MVP suite with every MVP to ever play in the NFL. And then when we won against the Carolina, Panther, Carolina Panthers, I got to be on the field, touch the trophy, <laughs> and I just couldn't even believe like I was there in that moment. And then Super Bowl 32, the president of Children's Miracle Network Hospitals had tickets to the game. He gave them to me. So I know you're a fan. You get to go. Super Bowl 33, my president had tickets. He gave them to me. Um, so I, I don't feel like I was able to miss out on Denver Broncos opportunities because I've just always, will always, always, always be a huge fan. But I will say just in life to anyone who's listening, like, when we are choosing a profession or an occupation, it's cool to help people watch a football game, yeah. but it's cooler to give back and change lives. And that's why I did feel that spark kid is because I knew what we were doing. And for those of you who don't know, Children's Miracle Network Hospitals was founded in 1983 by John Schneider and Marie Osmond. And I think I noticed, did you interview Alicia Schneider on your show, Ken? I sure did. She's a very good friend of mine. So this organization oh, wait, is- Wait, John, John founded it? 
John Schneider founded this organization in 1983, the first year as a telethon in Provo, Utah, we raised $4.2 million. Fast forward today, we've raised over $7 billion to save kids' lives. And I just, I love this organization. I know these kids, I know their families. I see how the money that we raise is creating miracles in their lives. And this is all because of John Schneider and Marie Osmond. And two I, other I am texting John right now. I'm yes. gonna say, dude, get on here. Yes, it's seven billion dollars. Oh my gosh! Wow, Alicia. Yeah, my wife just said it. Alicia is awesome. I called, I called her. Well, I called John. What was it? A month ago, maybe to ask. Long story, but anyway, I'll tell you off, off, off camera. But. Uh, People, if you guys oh. don't know, John Schneider, Bo Duke from Dukes of Hazard, Superman in Smallville, Superman's dad in Smallville, he has a heart of gold. Alicia he does. has a heart of gold. Um, we would have never raised these seven billion dollars for kids if it wasn't for their big hearts and believing in something. And what's so cool is they just had an idea of creating a children's charity that helped all kids, not just kids with cancer or muscular dystrophy or cystic fibrosis. They wanted to help all kids. But what if they didn't believe in that idea? But they did and they took action. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that. And I, I frequently tell John and Marie, like because of you, so many of us get to live their dream jobs, but then all of these kids get to live their lives because of you. Wow. I just sent him a text. Let's see if he pops in the comments. Oh my gosh. So, so that is absolute. What a small world. Jeez. Yeah. And it's funny that you don't know that about John. I mean, he doesn't go out and brag about it, but like I sleep really well at night knowing I started a children's charity that treats 10 million kids every year. And that is so amazing. Yeah, so many people, so many people talk about how they want to help and want to give back and want to make a difference. And, and, and then there are those who do. Mm, yes. Well, and, and honestly, John Schneider for the last 38 years has crisscrossed this country doing events wherever we ask him to go because he knows why he does things. I saw a YouTube video of John from maybe a month or two or three ago. I, it wasn't too awful long ago that he was doing something and he had the General Lee out there with these kids and yeah. he's such a good dude, such a good dude. So, um, wow, this is like, this is, all, we're all over the board. I've never, I've never done this. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm no. sorry over the board, but I am like that in life a lot. So uh, I apologize. I know it's not your fault. I, I love this. So, so, so you let's go back to the day that you left the NFL. How was how was that? Was that emotional for you? Um, I remember I saw I I mean when I left Provo, Utah, my dad met me and helped me drive there, and then he flew to Denver and helped me drive back. And I honestly felt like it was the right decision. So I I really didn't have any regrets. But I will tell you this: for me, I still have relationships with the people that I had relationships with when I was there because every year they get Christmas cards from me. I mean, like <laughs> as long as you create relationships, you don't lose anything because those right. relationships always exist. So for years, every, every year, I just go back to Denver and get field passes to go be at a game and be on the field. So you can walk away from something and still stay connected. 
I think the most important part of this whole thing is that Denver actually won a Super Bowl. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. kidding. So I used to be a Broncos fan when I was a kid. I, for a very short period. Dark side of the steel. Well, I'm in Ohio. Denver's a long way from here. So it was like either oh, pick yeah, the, this conversation early. <laughs> yeah. It was the Browns. I'm not picking the Browns. Or the Bengals. Nope. So it was the Steelers. It was in the 70s. I, I had to. So uh Lynn Swan and Terry Bradshaw. Come on. There's they were the best. But so so um so Talk about, I'd love you to tell the story of Maverick because, and, and look at you light up because look, this story, just so you guys know, this is worth watching this entire show. It is absolutely amazing. So Kelly, tell the story of Maverick. Okay. So this was, I think, 2015. I'm in Washington, D.C., with one child from every state, um, we're at the JW Marriott, we're at the bottom level and all the kids are checking in. And this cute little five-year-old boy walks up to my line and we find out that he's from Wyoming, I'm from Wyoming, he's born June 11th, because we have to look at their, you know, all their information to get into the White House. I'm born June 11th and he loves the Boston Red Sox and I love the Boston Red Sox. So I instantly bonded with this kid. Now Maverick is very special because he's had over 40 surgeries, including five open heart surgeries. And actually Ken, when he was five years old, he passed away and he remembers God doing chest compressions on him. So I think for me, I just, with everything that he had been through, I just instantly kind of wanted to do everything I could in my power to help this child. So one day when Maverick wasn't feeling well, I was scrolling through Instagram and I saw my buddy, Kevin Millar, who played first baseman for the Boston Red Sox um, when they broke the curse and won the World Series in a photo with David Ortiz. So I reached out to Kevin. I'm like, Kevin, can you please get a video for Maverick from his hero, Big Poppy? And within two hours, Ken, I had a video that said, Maverick, stay strong, keep the faith, be positive, and I'm going to hit a home run for you tonight. So Ken, I'm in my bedroom that evening, just kind of cleaning, not really thinking anything about this because right. home runs in Major League Baseball are not easy to hit. Right. Fast forward a couple hours. It's a beautiful night at Fenway Park, and the Boston Red Sox are playing their biggest rival, the New York Yankees, and Big Poppy steps up to bat the first time, and he strikes out. He steps up to bat the second time, he strikes out. He steps up to bat the third time, and he strikes out. He steps up to bat the fourth time against one of the best relieving pitchers in the game, someone he's never had a hit off of in his entire career. And he hits a two-run game-winning home run for Maverick. In that moment, I drop to my knees. I'm like, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. The next thing I know, I have a video from Maverick that says, in his cute little five-year-old voice, Big Poppy, you never let me down. And I'm going to try my hardest to get to Fenway Park to meet you. Oh. And within two weeks, I was on a private plane from Cheyenne, Wyoming, with my little man for him to meet his hero and throw out the first pitch. Now, I just want to tell you about the moment that they met. We're in the batting cages. Maverick has no idea that Big Poppy's going to come in the room. 
And there he is just throwing balls with Kevin Millar. Big Poppy walks in and Maverick just looks up at him like this. And he goes, Big Poppy. And then they embrace and I cry because this little boy gets to meet his hero. And the crazy thing about this story, and good morning, Doug. The crazy thing about this story is that not even 24 hours before Big Poppy hit the home run for Maverick, his mom posted on Facebook, my family needs a miracle. And then when he walked in the room, he had the home run ball that he'd hit for Maverick in his hands because the fan wanted Maverick to have it. So are miracles real? Yes. Should he have hit that home run for Maverick? Big Poppy acknowledged help from a higher power. And I truly believe that's what it was at work. And for me, I like to say miracles happen when we take action from our inspiration. This wasn't about me reaching out to Kevin and getting the video. This was about the divine at work to create a miracle in the life of a sick kid and to inspire that kid to keep going with their challenges. And so for me, I'm all about believing in miracles, inspiring people to believe in miracles, and more importantly, go out every day and strive to create a miracle in the lives of someone else because we are God's hands on earth. I said I wasn't going to cry. <laughs> <laughs> I was off camera. You couldn't tell. <laughs> That's why I, I go off camera. Oh, my gosh. Kelly, that is absolutely amazing. I, and for anybody watching, just go to YouTube and type in Maverick and Big Poppy. And you watch a nine-minute documentary, and you should have Kleenex because it's a yes. tear it's oh my god it is unbelievable it is really because the moment that big poppy walks in it's captured on film oh yeah, yeah it's all in the, and is it is it who did who did the the documentary was it espn or major league baseball um okay major yeah major, ML network did it yeah, it's pretty phenomenal. And I got to go to the game that night and have Maverick sit on my lap and everyone was cheering, Maverick, Maverick, Maverick. And I mean, it was just like once in a lifetime experience. The next day, Roger Clemens is there. We go meet up with him. Um, we get to go um, just walk the field, all of the iconic places on the field we got to go see and touch and feel. And you know, Maverick's not a well child. He's got a lot of health challenges, but he always has that memory. And Big Poppy hit during that game, and he gave him the bat during the game. He came over and said, here's the bat, buddy. Like, Big Poppy's the best. But here's the ironic twist to this story. Big Poppy got shot a couple of years ago, and um, he was just at a restaurant, got shot, and Maverick was able to be his hope while he was going through his journey. He's like, I know you're going through it, Big Poppy, and I'm here for you. So no matter what, we can always support each other on either side. We don't have to be a celebrity. We can just, you know, we we have an opportunity to give and spread love. And so, I mean, I could tell you so many stories, but since, Ken, you are a Steelers fan, I would love to tell you my story with the Steelers that's similar to the Boston Red Sox. So oh, wow. years ago, I was in Washington, D.C. again with all of these kids, and I meet this little boy, A.J., from I'm trying to think of the name East Tennessee is is where he's treated but he has seven inoperable brain tumors and you would just never know because he's so 
happy and positive, but it affects his vision and different things. And so I bonded with his family and he has a very special relationship with Josh Dobbs, who is a backup quarterback for the Steelers. Yeah. And I mean, Josh comes over to the house, plays with them. And it's been a long relationship. So I reached out to my friends at the NFL network. And what we did is did an amazing story on AJ and we flew him to Pittsburgh. We went to the Pittsburgh facility. We went in, we got to um, hang out with all of the players, meet Ben Roethlisberger, meet all of the players, go to the game. And NFL did an incredible story on AJ's life. And you can watch that um, documentary too. If you just type in AJ Kuxki, NFL Network and Josh Dobb, it's just an emotional piece. Wow. And I will tell a cool story about AJ. So he goes and gets weekly chemotherapy treatments and he has a backpack, which um, is called Captain Rogers, I think, which is, or what's Captain Rogers' real name? Do you know from the no, movies? I, I have no idea. Wait, Chris Evans is that person in real life. So I reached out to Chris Evans and Chris Evans did a special video for, for um, my sweet AJ and they developed a special relationship, but these kids, they really go through it. But AJ, every time he goes in the hospital, he, he tells a joke before his chemotherapy and he posts it on his social because he wants to inspire people. He's not focused on what he's going through. He's focused on everybody else and how he wants to make them feel. And just really quick, one other story. Devin Jackson was had, got meningitis and had to have both legs amputated. And oh. even though he had both legs amputated, he still played football. And I reached out to his family because I heard that he loved the New York Giants. So I talked to my friends at the NFL Network. We flew him into New York. We go to the Giants facility. He has no idea that he is going to be surprised by Odell Beckham Jr. and Victor Cruz. And they walk out into the room and he's looking up and then we get to go into practice. And he gets to, even though he doesn't have any legs, he's running and he gets to catch passes from Eli Manning and, and catch balls from Victor Cruz. And like, it was the most incredible experience. And that's also on the NFL network. These kids yeah. go through so much, but they do not believe in no. They just know it's not yet next opportunity. No, it's just next opportunity for now. And so, yes, I could tell you hundreds of stories of kids that never choose to give up. Ever. No. <laughs> it's crazy. And yes, Doug, I love that when you are in the service of your fellow beings, you are only in the service of your God. I love that so much. That's why we're here. That's why we're here. I had a I had a guy on the show the other day, and I and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you the same question, so you have to come up with a different answer. Um, but I asked I ask at the end of every show. I say, um, you know, what do you think holds people back from financial success and true joy and happiness in life? And and he said, that's easy. It's their level of service. And he said, if you want more, serve more. And, mm -hmm. and I was like, oh my gosh, wow. I mean, it was a great answer, but I, I think that it's so true. I think we, we, as, as humans, we become very self-centered and selfish. That's so funny. Cause that's what I was just going to say. When we focus on self, we suffer. Yes. Focus on others. We flourish. Yes. Oh, I love, we love, we love, we love CMN hospitals in Flint, Michigan. I love the hospital. I've been there before. We helped install like this cool fish 
um, aquarium thing in, in the front of the hospital. But so nice to meet you. Yes, Hurley. Hurley is amazing. I love my contacts at Hurley. So great. Laura, Laura. So nice you. Yeah, she's in the medical and she's a she's a uh, nurse practitioner. She's a client and dear friend of mine. So um, my wife said my brother is one of those kids more than 40 years on and off with cancer and he's mm -hmm. never given up. Or In oh, fact, God. he's literally at this moment right now. She just talked to Yeah, He's getting chemo right now as we're talking. So he's, you know. He's been through it for so many years and, and, and yet he's got the most positive outlook and attitude. Like it's, yeah. it's amazing. Well, I, I really love, are you familiar with Byron Katie? I know that name. She has a book and it's called loving what is. And when we can choose to love what is, <clears throat> that's when we are in our sweet spot because when we argue with reality, we, were su we will suffer 100% of the time. We can't say it shouldn't happen because it did. And nothing that we can think or do will ever change what happened. So if we can choose to love what is and find how everything in our lives is perfect for us in that moment, um, that's where we can truly, I feel like, have peace and joy and happiness in our lives. But for me too, it's all about who can I create a miracle for today? And, and that's so fun because I have all these celebrity relationships from Chris Evans to Chris Pine to Chris Pratt to Zendaya to Robin Roberts to you name it. And I'm so excited because I'm going to reach out to them and see what they can do to help kids. And can these celebrities have such ginormous hearts just over the holidays, Matthew McConaughey, Amy Adams, Amy Poehler, like they all want to do stuff, but they don't want people to know about it. Even I think Chris Pratt recently did a, a visit. I think it was with Flint or Hurley. We have kids from one of those hospitals, yeah. but they want to do it on the down low. They're not trying to get press and publicity. Um, right. just, this was a really cool story. I'm not sure if you know who Amy Poehler is. Yeah. Um, but on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day, she wanted to give back to the caregivers at Rady Children's Hospital in San Diego. So we did an hour Zoom call on Christmas Eve at 11 o'clock at night. And then on Christmas Day, we did another Zoom call so she could thank all of the caregivers and bought every one of their meals for the day. So uh -huh. that's like, we can do so many things. Like it doesn't have to be on a level that way. It's like, I don't know. One day I was driving by and this person had a, a sign that said, I need a miracle. And of course I'm like, I'm the miracle girl. I'm going to pull over. <laughs> and but it's not about cash. It's about money is an exchange of love, right? It has nothing yep. to do with money. It's how can we exchange love in that moment and let someone else know we see them, we hear them, we care about them. So it's just so fun because if you get in your car every day, you can find an opportunity to create a miracle in someone's life. I preach that, Kelly. <laughs> yes. I do. I yes. preach that. I always say if you want, if if you're miserable, if you're depressed, if you're sad, if you're if things aren't going well for you, go help somebody else. Do something, an, a random act of kindness for someone else, and watch the miracles start lining up for you because they will. It's people I I really, that's, that's like my life mission is to get that through people's heads, like become, be, it's what, it's what Gandhi said, you know, be the change that you wish to see in the world. It was a Gandhi, I think said that, but be, be that, that you want to see 
and and it'll happen for you. I I just love what you're doing. So so your days are spent what call how you call around and talk to celebrities or you find children that need miracles. What what what's it like for you a day yeah. in the life? Okay, so just um really quick. So we are basically an umbrella that raises money for 170 children's hospitals. And what's really cool is that money. So say in Flint, uh, Michigan or Hurley Children's Medical Center, the money is unrestricted funds and they get to decide whether they use it for uncompensated care, child life, equipment, research. So we don't tell them what to do with the money. And so my whole mission is to raise money for these children's hospitals. So I do celebrity and influencer relations and um, we have so many cool ways that we raise money and we have some pillar programs. One of them is Play Yellow that was started by Jack and Barbara Nicholas and they have decided they want to raise 100 million in the next five years for wow. healthcare. And so we're uniting the entire golf world to do that. So I work with a lot of different athletes. So getting athletes involved with different golf tournaments. We do a golf tournament in Hawaii every year. It's the Ace Golf Shootout. Last year we raised $1.6 million. Wow. Um, celebrities that do a really fun skills competition to NFL, to NBA, to NHL, um, and MLB players compete. And so that's one thing that I do. I do a lot of virtual celebrity hospital visits um, to build those relationships so I can plug the celebrities into our different fundraising programs. We have a really cool program called Extra Life where people can play video games and raise money for their local children's hospitals. It's called Extra Life and we've raised $70 million just through that program. Uh, but I will say one of the most enjoyable parts of my job is the podcast that I get to do, which is called Untold Miracles Podcast. And I interview celebrities about the miracles in their personal and professional life. And I've had everyone on from Mark Cuban to Kristen Bell to Dr. J to um, just you name it, Nick Cannon, uh, Robin yeah. Roberts, um, Zachary Levi, Adam Devine. And what's really cool, Ken, is so many of these celebrities have pushed through their walls to get to where they are today. And yeah. some ones that come to mind, um, are you familiar with Adam Devine? Yep. So Adam Devine is amazing. He's a comedian. I like to consider him a dear friend because he has the biggest heart in the world. When he was 13 years old, he got hit by a cement truck and had over 25 surgeries at our children's hospital in Omaha. Didn't know if he would walk again, but thankfully today you see him on the big screen. He's out there making movies, but he also has such a heart for helping kids. And so I've done so many virtual hospital visits and how cool is it to be a kid in a children's hospital who gets to meet a celebrity who was a kid in a children's hospital who spent two years in that hospital to see what's possible today. Um, Amy Purdy, I don't know if you know her story. She lost her leg. She's a Paralympian. She lost her legs to meningitis when she was 19. And how I met her is when I was at an event with Oprah and she comes on stage in this beautiful green dress. And, and, you know, she just is like, if your life were a book and you were the author, how would you want the story to end? And that's wow. what we get to choose. Our life is a book. We are the author. We get to choose how we want our story to end. Robin Roberts story. I mean, she's incredible. Her whole thing is make your mess your message. We all have something. That's, I think, the name of her book. I mean, she had cancer and then she got this crazy blood disorder, but she's just used it to propel herself to help others in her life. Kevin Love, the basketball player, he was in the middle of the game and had a total mental breakdown. 
and couldn't deal with the anxiety that was having. Now he has his own foundation to help people with mental health issues. Kendra Scott, I'm not sure if you know her company. She's a billionaire. She was broke. She had $500. She built this billion dollar jewelry company from her garage. And now she's just focused on helping others have the same opportunities. So I really do enjoy that part of my job, but can I just share a really fun experience from something that happened with Chris Pratt from the job? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's hear it. So a couple of years ago. Well, no, this might've been like four or five years ago. I read in the newspaper that Chris Pratt has saved his costume from guardians of the galaxy. Cause in case the movie does well, he wants to go visit kids in a children's hospital. So I decided to reach out to his publicist. I'm like, Hey, let's set this up for Chris. So we arrange it at Children's Hospital Los Angeles. And we have all these kids in the child live playroom and they're watching the movie. They have no idea that the hero from the movie is gonna walk in in his costume. He walks in, their faces light up. He, take, he takes off his jacket and his outfit. He lets them try it on. And it was just the most incredible experience to watch him be there for these kids. He only has two hours, but Chris decides to get take more of his time to walk around and meet other kids that couldn't come to the room that day uh, to this one child's room. And she's in isolation. She has no hair. She's probably five or six years old. And she puts her hand up to the glass and Chris puts his hand up to the glass. And then that moment, which the only thing we can really give people is our presence and our time. It was so incredible to watch the bond that was formed in that moment. Wow. And then we went down to this little boy's room named Dylan. He passes over 20 kidney stones a day. He's a frequent visitor to uh. Los Angeles. His whole room is made of Legos, his bed sheets. And Chris was the voice in the Lego movie. So I sit there and watch them. I don't know, 15 minutes, quote lines from the Lego movie. And what a gift Chris was in that moment for Dylan to not have his mind on the pain because he got to be in the room with one of his favorite celebrities to sit and quote movies, lines from one of his favorite movies. And so for me, that's wow. the favorite part of my job. I, I mean, with Jack Black, just two weeks ago, we had him visiting a patient named Charlo who has spina bifida, just had major surgery, and Jack just went on for 30 minutes and played Mario Kart with this wow. So he could have a moment where he wasn't thinking about his pain. And I'm so grateful because I could tell you story after story after story after story after story. But and like are, Jack Black, we get to be Ken Walls, we get to be Kelly Davis. Like, what are we gonna do to do that little tiny thing? Like, what are we going to do? And that's really what my message is to everybody is we are a gift to others because we are alive and we are breathing. And yes, I have my challenges. Yes, every day with my body disorder, dysmorphic disorder, I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to be seen. I struggle with anxiety. I struggle with depression. These things are there every day, but I have tools in my toolkit that I can lean into so I don't stay in that place so I can get to the other side because that's, that's why I'm here. That's why we're here. And Laura, amen. <laughs> my, my wife said such, you know, and, and here's, you know, I, I love that, you know, for anybody facing their challenges right now, like you, you chose this, you, you, you said, and you just said it. I think too many people 
Christian or otherwise, it doesn't matter, think that God is the puppet master mm-hmm. and and that he's, you know, just pulling strings. And that's not the case. You said it. You said we design our own destinies. We design our, our, our lives. We get to choose. And you choose every single day of your life. Right. To face your fears, to face those things, right? And and go make a difference in the world. Yeah, well, um, several years ago, I really wasn't doing well. I went to this interesting place called the Option to Option Institute in Sheffield, Massachusetts. And, um, you know, they have a book about, you know, happiness is a choice. And so for me, I know that every day I can wake up and I can have one on a scale of one to 10 or I can have a 10. But I am the thinker of my thoughts. I get between stimulus and response there is always a space and we get to choose. And I was at an event with Wayne Dyer a couple of years ago and he shared his story of meeting Viktor Frankl. And for the, those of you who don't know, he wrote oh, the book, Man's Search for Meaning. My and, favorite book. And, and Victor was sharing with Wayne, like in the concentration camp, he was fed a dirty bowl of water with a fish head in it. But because he was able to see and find the beauty in that fish head, that's how he was able to survive and thrive through the concentration camp because he got to choose the meaning that he assigned to things. And so for me, knowing that happiness is something that I get to choose every day. Several years ago, I was with Christopher Reeve. And for those of you who don't know Christopher, he was, you know, Superman and he was paralyzed from an equestrian accident from the neck down. And I remember he flew into our event. He had three nurses, four aides. He didn't have his makeup on or his wig on. He looked like he was 100 years old. And he was so happy and he was so positive and he radiated light. And that's what these kids show me all the time. I have a little buddy, Adam, who has spina bifida. And we were with all of those kids in Washington, D.C. And we were at the pool and he's in a wheelchair and all of these kids are playing and swimming. And there's Adam and Adam doesn't care. Adam's alive. He's grateful to be alive. He's super happy. So I just know that if I can just focus on being positive every day because it is up to me and I get to choose it and no one else can choose it for me because happiness is not circumstantial ever. It is attitudinal. And I think those tools for me really help me as I as I choose to show up every day. What about the and and I'm going to I'm going to put a different spin on this. <clears throat> normally I say, what do you think holds people back in your opinion? What holds people back in life? Mm -hmm. Um, But, but I want to, what about the person who I think that we all get into or go through periods of um, suffering from comparing ourselves to others. Mm -hmm. And what about somebody that goes, yeah, well, look at Kelly. She's beautiful. She probably had great parents and, (laughs) and she's just lucky that she, you know, was, was born into the family. You know, it's easy for somebody like, like her to make it. What do you say to them? What do you say to the person who may be stuck and can't, like they are comparing themselves to everybody else and they can't figure out how to how to move forward and, and get more out of life, have more out of life. Well, I would say I understand. <clears throat> I feel like I've been there. I, I, I do the same. And it's really hard to not compare and despair. I think it happens so much. And I think for me, um, it's being able to recognize that fear is not going to go away. As we know, fear is false evidence appearing real. 
And it's fear is like imagining an outcome from a situation that hasn't happened yet. And worry is a prayer for chaos and it's a prayer for what we don't want. It's negative goal setting. And so if we can just lean into those things and know, hey, this fear might never go away, but we can embrace that fear. We can make it our friend rather than punch it in the face and know. And I would say most everyone that's successful feels that way. They they do have the those feelings inside where am I good enough? Can I do this? Oh, look at that person. Look at that person. And I think for me, it's like, I do feel those things. I mean, I feel it every day. I do. It's not easy to do what I do, but I'm like, you know what? I have a big why that reminds me that I can push through the fear. I can reach out to Michelle Obama and ask her to be on the podcast because I have a big why behind it. I know what I want to create, but I, I get it. Believe me, I, I compare myself to others a lot, but what I've really been trying to do lately is just drop judgments on myself and drop judgments on others and know that there's nothing I can do to be more worthy. There's nothing I can do to be good enough. I am already inherently worthy and nothing will change that in God's eyes. And I would say that with everyone, you are worthy, you are enough. And there are people out there that want to support you, but you have to ask. And you, and then you have to take action when you get um, that inspiration. Awesome answer. 2020 was a challenge for a lot of people. <laughs> and, and, you know, I think um, for the, look, you're getting applause. <laughs> well, so, you know, what's crazy is you deal with these, these children every day. And you see their their joy is is off the charts. Mm -hmm. So is there yet, <clears throat> what's that? So is their pain? Yeah, right. Yeah. And and, and yet in 2020, among adults, the suicide rate just skyrocketed. Skyrocketed. Mm -hmm. People taking their own lives because of fear or whatever. When if somebody called you and said, you know, my electric's been shut off, my car was repoed, I don't know, I can't figure it out, I don't know what to do, I'm at the end of my rope. What would you say to that person to to help them through to knowing that it's temporary? I mean, right. you know that, I know that, but how do you get through to that person? What would you say to them? Well, I mean, if someone I think this does happen to me several times with some of my kids and their families, you know, really going through it. And uh, how can I help is, is a question that I like to ask because I feel like even if it's small, I can help. Like there's something I can do in this situation. And then for me, it's really, there's so many resources out there in local communities. And I would make sure that I, help them find what those resources were, but I would make sure that I myself were a resource to them um, mm -hmm. and what I could to, to help them. But I would just say, just don't give up. Don't give up. God's aware of you. He knows what you're going through. There is, you are in the, you know, you are going through it right now, but you will get through this. You will get to the other side and God will be with you all along the way but ask for help and, and know that help's coming. Um, and, and I think asking for help is a really big part because we do want to help. I want to help. Everybody wants to help. 
Um, but yeah, please don't give up. Um, I like to say that, you know, God, our lives are this big puzzle piece and, and God sees how the whole puzzle fits together perfectly. And when we're going through the mess and we're in the middle of it, we don't see it, but we just, right. we can let go and know that, Hey, every piece is there. It all fits perfectly. And just trust that, um, you know, I heard this cool thing on clubhouse the other day. It's like, when you go to um, a restaurant and you place an order um, for food, like, you know, that food's going to come out, you're going to get it. And I think that's the same with when we pray, it, like, or, you know, ask for something, just knowing and trusting the universe to deliver for us, just as we would when we go to a restaurant and know that that food's going to come. And so for me, I feel pretty um, magical in a way, because I know that I can manifest my reality through my thoughts. And I could share some really funny experiences about that. But I mean, it's, it's really true what we focus on, we really create. And I've just seen so many miracles that way. You have seen a lot of miracles. You have and and, and you know, I think that um, <clears throat> it helps that you're looking for miracles. Mm -hmm. yes. And and I th that's where uh, you you may have an upper hand on a lot of people because you're <laughs> literally in the, you're in the trenches. Like you well, have to look for miracles. And it's because can because of my anxiety and my depression and my BDD. Like I don't like what that feels like. But when I focused outside of myself to serve others, my life is a lot more enjoyable and a lot more bearable because otherwise I'm sitting in my own pain. But if I can get outside of this crazy brain and I'm sorry, I call it that way because it doesn't think normal thoughts. It, it, it's not very nice to me sometimes. And so I just have to turn off that radio station of what it's telling me and focus on others and how I can help. And that's really where my joy and happiness comes from. What is your website? Okay. okay so it is, so for speaking, it's bookkellydavis.com. And then I also have a side hustle called the Kelly Davis group, where if you need a celebrity to help your organization, whether it's a nonprofit um, or for-profit, I definitely am a celebrity connector and I love helping people connect with celebrities and influencers. I can only scroll one website. So I'm going to, I'm going to put that one up yeah, and I'm so sure that if they want to hire you to speak, they can get a hold of you there too. <laughs> but yeah, if you go to bookkellydavis.com, you'll see a video that Goldcast shared. I got a million views in six days where I talk about breaking the rules in your life to create miracles. Because for me, body dysmorphic disorder and anxiety and depression has rules. But these kids that I work with, they have rules too, but they continue to defy the odds and the rules and show up for themselves and others. And we can do the same. So I challenge you, what's holding you back in your life? And how can you, how can you break through that challenge, push through that wall to get to the other side of what it is you want to feel, what it is you want to create, what it is you want to do? how it is you want to be. Oh, Nathan, thank you. You're so sweet. I appreciate it so much. It's, but it's, it's true. It's having that. Um, look, my wife typed it in. Thank you. Uh -huh. So, so um, you, but you are, you're living in that, that place of um, unwavering faith. It, it, it appears. And I'm sure that your faith gets, tested <laughs> we, we all go through that but but you you stay faithful to god and so god stays faithful to you 
Yeah, and if you don't mind, can I just close out with one cool story? Because I know we're getting close to time, but it, it does relate with faith. Yes, please. I don't know what just happened to my video there for a second. Please. Okay, so um, several years ago, I was in Orlando, and I met this little boy named Boo. And he's from a small town outside of New Orleans. And little Boo, when he was five years old, got hit with H1N1 virus. And he was in the hospital for 501 days. And doctors several times told his family he wasn't going to make it. There was a 48-hour period where his blood oxygen level was so high that no one should have survived that. He was read his last rites, but little Boo was so faithful. And when I met him, he was muttering under his breath his favorite scripture, Proverbs 3, 4, 3 5, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding in all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. So that's little Boo. So little Boo gets out of the hospital after 501 days. And for three years, he has to drive four hours Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to sit in a chair for four hours to get dialysis and then drive back home for four hours. So that's his childhood. And then finally, one day he gets a successful kidney transplant from his mother. And while he was in the hospital, he loved watching the show Diners, Drive-Ins and Dives with Guy Ferrari. And he journaled everywhere he was going to eat when he got out of the hospital and he could eat food. So what I did is reached out to my friend Meredith Vieira, who at the time had the Meredith Vieira show. And we flew little Boo to New York and we brought him on stage and we talked about his story. And, and um, they said, little Boo, we have a surprise for you. And they have this cookbook from Guy Ferrari. And he's just so excited. And then Guy Ferrari comes on the big screen and says, little Boo, as soon as this segment is over, you got to get on a train and come help me open up my new restaurant in Pennsylvania. Oh, was such an amazing experience, but little Boo through his life has had so much faith through the entire process of five years old to today. He's 13 because he still has surgeries and he's still going through things, yeah. but he trusts and he has faith. And we every day will be presented with opportunities where we can choose faith or we can choose fear. And the important thing is every day create choosing love over fear. That's beautiful. Such a beautiful story. I, I think, you know, I, along the way you've, you've, I'm sure you've, you've lost some of the children. Mm -hmm. um, my wife has told me a story of when her brother was six or seven and he was in children's hospital that his roommate um, passed away. And, and, you know, I think, what you're doing is in the moment that a child is going through this pain, you're easing the suffering and, and you're really, I, I love what you're doing. And before we end this, let me ask you one last question. How can me or the audience be of service to you and help you and, and, and what you're doing? Well, um, for me, it's pretty simple. You can go to cmnhospitals.org, make a dollar donation, make a $5 donation. We got to $7 billion, $1 at a time. So every dollar matters. So for me, 
that would mean the most to me is if you could go to CMN hospitals, click donate, and it will go to your local children's hospital. It won't just go to some random fund for you. It would go to um, children's in Columbus. I think that might be the, the closest children's or nationwide children's hospital is our hospital there. So yeah, yeah that would mean the world to me. So you did, and Jill, I'm going to ask my wife to type that in CMN hospitals. Yes. Dot org. Dot, dot org. Uh-huh. So, um, so that you deal with every children's hospital across the nation. 170 children's hospitals across the United States and Canada. We're in every province in Canada and we're, we're typically the major children's hospital in that market. So in Denver, it's Denver Children's in Salt Lake is primary children's nationwide. And um, we actually have the memorial coming up with Jack Nicholas. Uh, which is going to, you know, be that's right here. down the road from me. Yes. I'm hoping to be there this year. I actually was supposed to be at Jack and Barbara Nicholas's house this Sunday. They did a big fundraising event called the Jake in honor of their grandson who drowned. And I ended up not going cause I wasn't feeling super comfortable traveling. Uh, but I, I hope to see them. They're very nice people. Very yeah. nice. People. I hope to, to be in Columbus at the Memorial. That's coming up. That's in May. Yeah. Is it May? Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, yeah. heck, I hope to meet you then. Yeah, I, that's amazing. I would love that. That would be great. It's about 45 minutes from my house, but I, we, my wife and I have both been to the memorial many, many times. It's an amazing tournament. Well, so, Jill, the website, enter comments. You go, Jill. You're amazing. And please tell <laughs> your brother that, um, what's your brother's name? Jeff. Jeff, I will be praying for Jeff and his family and all those involved. I mean, I think that's the, I mean, we can pray every day for people. Like we just praying is such a huge, powerful tool, but then also um, just make sure you take an action on that inspiration to create miracles. You're amazing. You're amazing. Thank you. Would everybody watching this, whether you're watching now or on the replay, number one, I saw that 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 we had a few shares. Share this out. It's been the most amazing interview. And then jump over to cmnhospitals.org and make a donation. One dollar. Doesn't matter. Make a donation. My wife is saying thank you. Nancy is saying you're awesome and blessed by God because you're obedient. Amazing, amazing. Kelly, you are amazing. Thank you so much for such an amazing interview. This has been a great hour, so thank you. Well, it's really been my honor, and I know that you're creating these same types of miracles for everyone that you touch and those lives that you reach through your mission and your purpose, and so I want to thank you for all you do. That's so nice. Thank you. Kelly Davis. And where, hey, where's everybody follow you on social media? What's the best place? Um, Instagram, mostly. Um, Kelly Davis one is my name. Um, I think that's the best place. I, I do videos every Sunday. YouTube, I do videos as well. I love doing inspirational videos. I love inspiring people because life can be hard, really hard. And so I love sharing tips and tools to help people suffer less. You're amazing. Thank you. Everybody go follow Kelly, go over to cmnhospitals.org, make a tiny donation, make a massive donation, but go make a donation over at cmnhospitals.org. And we'll be doing that today too. Okay. I mean, I've inspired myself to go do it. I'm like, you need to go do it. So I'm like, I'm going to go do it too. <laughs> You're awesome. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Stay with me. I'm going to end the live stream. Thank you, everybody. Go follow Kelly on Instagram. Kelly Davis one. Kelly with a 
an I, K-E-L-L-I Davis one. Yeah. My wife put yes. in. Oh, you're so good, Jill. All together, so though. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Thank you so much. And we will see you all later. Thank you so much. And have a great day, Kelly. Thank Bye, you. Bye, everyone. Thank you Bye. for being here.